Arreo. Uh, this is Loud as Love with Lauren Darcy, episode six. I'm here with my boy Jason. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, dude. Okay, so how long have you been in Austin? It's coming up on 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. Did you go to college here? No. No, I went to college in uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico. New Las Mexico, Cruces. New Mexico State, yeah. Okay, and that's where you're from originally? Um, no, that's the place I've lived longer than anywhere else other than Austin. Other Actually, than I've, I've lived in Austin longer than I've lived anywhere else. Same. But uh, I grew up in uh, West Texas okay. and New Mexico. Just where in West Texas? Rural towns. Um, Alpine, Texas. In the big I know Bend. Alpine, Texas yeah, by big, Marfa. Yeah, Big Bend area. Yeah. And then um, my mom and that side of my family is from Presidio. Okay, I don't know. south of Marfa on the border. Oh, shit. Yeah, so way out there. Holy fuck. In the middle of freaking nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. Is that why you learned to play an instrument? Because it was something to do? Um, no, you know, really, that was kind of my first... So, growing up back then was pretty different, especially when I talked to other folks. Um, I feel like my childhood was pretty weird. In comparison. Um, yeah, in comparison. How old are you? I'm 41. You're 41. Yeah. So, growing up there was different as it is now. Oh, big time, because... Uh, so, in Presidio, when I was there, there was only two paved streets... It, I lived on one of the paved streets, basically downtown. Downtown? And, yeah, in a house where, with my grandparents um, and my parents, my mom had been born in that house and Holy all my shit. uncles. Um, and it was just like walking distance to Mexico. That's crazy. Yeah. Were there any music venues there? Like, um, how did you find... Because I know you from Communion. I know you from Deep Cross. Yeah. I know you from all these local Austin bands and worshiper cabinets and shit like that. Yeah. So how did you find music out there? Uh, well, you know, there was music, mostly like Tejano music. Or right. Cumbia. Or right. Mariachi music. So most of the music that I experienced live back then was at church functions or okay. like town you town know, halls yeah, or whatever like festivals that, right it's a agricultural community so they had an onion festival every year onion yeah onion yeah they used to call it like the onion capital you know of the world or whatever did you guys have onions there? yeah that grew, was the thing they grew onions they grew uh melons melons right. watermelon nice uh chili cotton so cotton yeah American cotton. Yeah. That's hard to come by. Yeah. Now. Yeah. That's really hard to come All by. All West Texas Pima 88. Holy cotton. shit. Yeah. That's crazy. So, um, yeah, my grandfather was a farmer. Okay. Um, Did he play? No. No. Nobody really in my family played other than my brother. My other brother, than your brother. My brother did learn guitar, and he learned trumpet and French horn oh my in, God. in high school. My brother and sister are a little older than me. They're seven and ten years older than me. Okay. Um, so that was probably my first, you know, um, foray into music was hearing my brother learn that stuff growing up. Right. Or going to uh, these Tejano shows. Right. Or the Marfa Lights Festival was another place we would go see What bands. is that? Uh, the Marfa Lights. I've never been. Oh, so I've never been. The, the Marfa Lights, I've seen them... I can't even tell you how many times. It's these lights that show up on the horizon in huh. the desert at night. 
No shit. Nobody can explain them. There's a record of them that predates electricity. No shit. Yeah, and it's Is it a insane. power source? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. They think it might be some sort of, you know, electromagnetic sure. phenomena or something. Fucking aliens, great. Yeah. Fine. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I've seen them just uh, like literally hundreds, thousands of times right. growing up between Alpine and Presidio. Right. But they have a festival every year, or they did back then, and like Selena and her band would play. You saw Selena? I didn't see Selena. Oh. I saw one, her, Los Dinos. Um, okay. Uh, growing up, I saw Texas Tornadoes. Okay. Um, at this Onion Festival. At, at different festivals, yeah, Marfa okay. Lights or no the shit. Onion Festival or, like I said, church hall functions. Right. I was like, bro, you've seen fucking Selena? I would have died. My my sister did. She saw Selena. Yeah, she saw that last uh, performance of hers. No way. Yeah, yeah. In the dome? Yeah. It no. Was, it was the one where she's wearing that purple outfit. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. What was that like? Well. She I mean, told she, you. Yeah. She, we were, I mean, we were all friends. Right. You know, fans growing up, so um, I remember when she she passed away when she got murdered and I was in I think junior high at the time oh my god oh my god to be in Texas when that happened I can't imagine yeah it was a you know huge loss it was it was crazy it's crazy but yeah I think that was my how I got exposed to music we had all the only radio stations we had were on the Mexican side right so it was all Spanish music of different varieties um we, uh, and then other than that, really, it was like Thrasher Magazine at the grocery Thrasher store. Thrasher Magazine. Yeah. The Skate Magazine. Yeah, we didn't have cable TV or anything. And right. And like, the cable channels that were around in Presidio, they didn't have... They were useless. Yeah, they didn't have, like, you know, like a big cable service or right. anything. So it was just so rural and out right. there. Right. But, uh... So yeah. how'd you get to New Mexico? That was, like, the biggest city near you? So you were like, fucking, I'm going to go to college there? No, well, so I, I was born in Albuquerque. My right. dad worked for the government. We kind of moved all over. Okay. Um, and then I ended up going to high school. My my folks moved to Artesia, New Mexico, which is an oil field town. Oh. With a law enforcement training facility there, which oh, is where my dad works. Oh, boy. And uh, it is a shithole. I bet. Uh, I fucking bet. Just total... You know, oil refinery just full of tweakers, no rednecks, um, in southeast New Mexico, in between Roswell and Carlsbad. Okay. So, was Roswell cool with all the aliens or no? No. No. It no. was really lame. Yeah. Roswell's a rough town, man. It's, really? Uh, yeah. It's like just, you know, that that state, you know, my home state, New Mexico, is, is a really poor state. And yeah. And it's just, it's rough. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard out there. It's rough. And That's it's just, you know, the kind of work that's around for people to do. Like I said, the, the oil fields and the right. refinery. That's just, uh, you know, takes its toll on the people out there. For right. sure. Uh, but, so I went there for high school. Okay. And I wanted to get the fuck out as soon as possible. Of course. Of course. You know, and uh, so I just, I didn't even really care, like, where I went for college. Right. I just, I just needed to get out. You need to get out, right. So I went to, I got a scholarship to New Mexico State. Okay. Um, in what? In Las Cruces. No, but, like, what major? Oh, um, I majored in sociology. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Did you graduate with that? I did. No yeah. shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You're kidding. <laughs> That's fucking mind-blowing. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Really? I took the long route. You, you know? took the long route. I took the college route, the community college route. 
That's a smart. That's a smart way to do it. Yeah, I did it and then paid for it in full. Yeah. Now it's like a couple grand, but back in the day, I was able to do some shady shit and pay for it. Yeah. That means it. So, um, in college, did that really bring you any sort of like? Musical, because I know you as like the music guy in Austin right now. So I'm trying to figure out how that happened. Well, so I, I started getting into music, you know, like I said, in when I was younger. Right. I started getting exposed to it, but kind of just from I just wanted like to seek out anything, anything weird or anything weird, anything interesting. So Thrasher magazine, I was just like fascinated with just the graphic design. Right. So right, the art. Was, yeah. Right. So the, the big stuff that I was really into, like, or that was, like, catching my eye was Misfits and Black Flag and right. Sonic Youth. Of course. I loved all their artwork. Me and too. Uh, Beer City, you know, right. ads and, and Thrasher. So when I got to, my, my brother started, he was really into hair metal. and Of course. Um, Blazing. Yeah, Molly Crew. Crew. I love Motley Crew. And uh, oh yeah, love Motley Crew. Oh, did not age well, <laughs> but I oh, love man, that I shit. I love those those old Crew records for sure. Me too. Yeah, he yeah he loved Motley Crew. Kip. He loved Kip Winger. Iron Maiden. Iron loved, Maiden. Who doesn't yeah, love Iron Maiden yeah. though? Yeah. Still. Oh yeah. That aged well. Oh yeah. That's that helped. So yeah, that's the that was my first kind of entry into some of like the rock and roll and heavier stuff. Right. And then when I got into high school, um, I have some cousins that live in Norway. In Norway? Yeah. Like the country? Yeah. No shit. So it's one of my dad. They're far cousins of mine, but... um, So Norwegian black metal. Well, this is my first kind of like exposure to really, really heavy metal other than like Ozzy. I fucking bet. Or uh, Motley Crue or something like that, which was... um, Sepultura Chaos AD. Oh my god. Um, I went for Christmas to visit my grandparents in uh, Mississippi. Right. And these far cousins of ours were in town. And my my cousin Magnus, who was my my age, had Sepultura Chaos AD. Oh shit. Just total Hesh Norwegian kid. Oh my god. And when I first heard it, I was blown away. I was like, whoa, there's no this singing. This fucking nuts, yeah. fucking screaming. So right. That was really something I was into. So when I moved back to to New Mexico in junior high, high school, um, the first kids I started hanging out with were skaters. Yeah, skaters. skaters. And people that had you know cool band shirts. Oh, I bet. And so yeah, we became I became buds with this guy that was like into obituary and Six Feet Under. Hell yeah. Cannibal Corpse. Hell so, yeah. Yeah, Love that, Cannibal Corpse. It was, it was over after that, so it was right. just like all heavy metal Excellent. for high school. Yeah. Excellent. And then what was college like? College, I mean, Musically. As, soon as, as soon as I moved to Las Cruces, I started seeking out anything I could. Anything. Um, in high school, I had seen a couple of local shows. Cool. And, um, yeah, I got to see, it was kind of, you know, late 90s era of new metal, right. that kind of stuff. So there was this band in Carlsbad called Empire Eden that um, was like sort of gothy, huh. new metal. No shit. Yeah. and New metal like Deftones almost? Yeah, it was yeah, kind of a, a Deftones. Creepy, weird, horny shit. Yeah, yes. Deftones, orgy. Nice. That kind of stuff. Nice. Um, just kind of, you know, a combo of all of that, so. Right. I uh, went to go see them a couple times, and then um, a friend of ours was injured at a party in a fire. 
And in a fire. Yeah, they had were, the fire. So it was, you know, rural New Mexico kids out in the desert drinking. Drink. Pretty common, right? Right. And uh, this buddy of ours was getting wild and started jumping over the fire. People oh, were jumping over no. the fire. And like a bonfire. Yeah. Okay. And a gas can got tipped over <gasps> and he caught fire and um, most of his body was burned. No shit. Yeah. And so he, he survived though? For a few weeks. For a few then, weeks. Then he passed away. So From after that, yeah, he was a big music fan and um, his older brother was a friend of ours oh too. Um, and we wanted to do something for him, uh, oh, kind wow. of a celebration of his life. So right. we set up this show and we're just like complete ignorance we right. just started you know asking people what to do kind of trying to figure it out and we um, kind of stumbled into this DIY thing. show thing right. so we went to the city council they allowed us free usage of the, the like civic center in really town. yeah they were good about yeah, it yeah we got all huh. kinds of uh, donations from local businesses really and had, like an all day music fest wow with bands from all over the state that's amazing yeah how many days was the fest it was just one full one day. day okay yeah. wow we gave away prizes like and raised enough money, money to for pay funeral. for some of the funeral yeah. wow that's so. incredible how old were you I was uh, 16. You were 16. 16, 17. Holy shit. And then after that, we kind of figured out a buddy of mine and I that had organized this festival. Like, well, why don't we just do this kind of, you know, on the regular? Right. So we started renting out the National Guard Armory. I bet you did. And uh, booking local bands. Oh, my God. That's um, Was it huge? Was the armory huge? Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty big. I mean, even thinking... Now, it was such a crazy idea because it was like 250 300 bucks to rent this out. No. We had no money, and so we just sold pre-sale tickets. Right. We would, like, sign the papers. Right. And then hustle and then sell all and these pre-sale oh tickets. Um, which is still crazy to me. Which is so crazy. Did yeah. you ever sell out? Um, I mean, the first show, I think we made, like, 400 bucks profit. That's a lot. Yeah. As kids, that's yeah. a lot. That's so, like yeah. so the we American set up a couple dog. Of, yeah, we, we set up a couple of these shows. I mean, that's that's more money than I you know, typically make at most shows now. Right, right. You know? Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking bad. years later. Right. And so, I believe it. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, yeah, we set up a couple of, couple shows in high school for local bands. Mm -hmm. uh, matter of fact, that's how I met... Um, Josh Paul. Really? At, who does sound at the Lost Well. No shit. Yeah, him and Marcos. Um, I've known them for, yeah, coming up on 30 years almost. And they're all from New Mexico? They're, they yeah. were from yeah, the panhandle of Texas, like Lubbock no. area. Okay, Lubbock yeah. area. No so which shit. Was, which was relatively close. It was three hours away, but it was... Uh, Texas, that's close. Yeah, exactly. That's nearby. In, in, that, in those Anything areas, under, yeah. under five is nearby. Yeah, Artesia was located... Basically three hours from Lubbock, three hours from Albuquerque, and okay. three hours from El Paso. Not bad. That's so, really not bad. So in high school, that's when we started kind of figuring out, you know, like the some semblance of a of music scene and local right. bands, and then we started going and driving to shows right. in Odessa or El Paso okay. or Albuquerque. 
Did you start uh, driving to Austin? Was that an idea? No. no it was, yeah, it was still too far away for us. So we would, but we would make these, you know, day trips three hours away. Sure. Overnight or whatever sure. to check stuff out mm-hmm. in the surrounding cities. And then did you all come together and go to Austin or is like randomly years later being like, yo, what the fuck are you doing here? Blah, well, blah, blah. Um, I, when I went to college, I met some folks and I started working at the college radio station. There you go. What's the name of it? Um, KRUX 91.5. Uh-huh. So In New Mexico. In New Mexico, yeah. You know how I love radio? Yeah. KOP, yeah. ORG, my favorite. My so, personal favorite in yeah, Austin. I met folks that worked there um, and then started, you know, calling into shows and requesting cool music and then, you know, getting turned on to new stuff and um, going to a ton of shows in El Paso because Las Cruces is only like 30 minutes from El Paso. Right. Um, and that in El Paso got more shows than, than Las Cruces did. So really? I was spending a lot of time over there. Um, Do they have venues, or it was just like playing at like halls and stuff like that? In El Paso, in yeah, El Paso. There, there was cool, there Real was cool venues. venues. Yeah. yeah, there was a, a, a awesome punk bar called Cantina La Tuya. <laughs> what does that mean? Um, yours, like, like it's it's kind of like a colloquial phrase, like meaning La Tuya is like back at you, kind of almost. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay, you know, or like you know, if somebody said like. Your mom, you'd be like your mother. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yours. a great. Yeah, it's kind of like a little comeback. It's a little yeah, play on words. Oh, um, that's awesome. But Is it still there? Do you know? No, no, now it it's closed. Gone. It closed a long time ago. Long but time. I saw tons of killer shows there. Zeke, who? You know, Zeke from Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, I saw them there. Zeke. Agnostic Front. From New know. York. Yeah. From so, New York all day yeah. long. Tons of rowdy, rowdy crazy, shit, crazy punk shows. Right. Um, so I go there, I go to Club 101, E9, that were two uh, clubs that were owned by the same guy right next to each other. In El Paso. Yeah, yeah. I saw okay. like I'm Sepultura like, there, yes. Vision of Disorder, Earth Crisis. Earth Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Angry uh, Vegan. Yes. Yeah. All kinds of uh, Angry vegan. hardcore metal shows. Those bastards. Yeah. Those bastards. Nice. Yeah. All right. So Austin. Yeah. So Get Austin, the, the, how I got here. So my brother moved here in the late 90s. And I came to visit a couple times. I dug it. And then when I started working for the radio station, um, I got passes to South by Southwest <gasps> for a couple years in a row. No. Yeah. When it was cool? Yeah, 2005 to 2006. Oh, yeah. my God. What was that like? Oh, man. It was so fun. So it was just insanity as soon as you got off the plane. Like, right. Come downtown and just like Craziness. walk in everywhere. Right. You know, was it very like DIY? There was a lot of DIY stuff, and then there was a lot of, of course, the, the corporate right. official stuff was already around by that time. Was it good? Oh, yeah. I mean, there was still tons of amazing stuff. I spent a lot of time at Beerland, at Headhunters. Like, you know, I saw uh, Robert Pollard from Guided by Voices over here at uh, uh, Ruby's Barbecue. No way. Yeah, in the back. And Patton Oswald. Um, As one of the him. comics? Yeah. That's awesome. So that is just, awesome. You know, rad shows. Um, how long was it? Years. Was it like a whole month, like how they do now? No. It wasn't quite as long, but I think it was like already 
2005, 2006, I think it was already like a full week and then some. A full week and yeah. then some of South kept, by. Every year it was like they kept adding, you know, the. Adding more shit, yeah, adding more shit. Education, more shit. And, uh, right. whatever. Panels, panels. Yeah. Were there panels back then? Yep. There were. The first year, the keynote speaker was uh, Robert Plant. <gasps> yeah. Of course. And then I think the second year was, I want to say it was Wayne Coyne from Flaming Lips, but I'm was not too sure, yeah. No shit. Yeah. Flaming Lips are great. I saw them at Stubbs. Nice. And it was the only concert I ever felt like I was on drugs when I wasn't. <laughs> I was yeah. like, if I told somebody this, they would never believe me. I was, I was talking uh, on the earlier episode after we finished recording um, with my friend Adam about the Flaming Lips mm-hmm. and just how goddamn insane they are. Yeah, that's um, something I think I strive for is to yes. try to make people feel... Something. Yeah. Yeah. Especially feel like they're on drugs right. without being... You feel drugs. that way with Deep Cross, with that band? Definitely. I think we we have a, a desire to be out there, you know, in the same way that a lot of Texas bands have been in the past like right. butthole surfers butthole surfers all day you know oh yeah like what we think fucking of as, cherubs exactly exactly like our, our idea of like true psychedelic which is a little bit more deranged you know more what more deranged oh sure you know, for, more demented yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. something that's maybe like a little scary right a little upsetting how did the kids respond when you played that co-op on the on campus on the UT fun. campus it was fun yeah they dug it yeah that's what I think yeah. That's awesome. How did you do that? Just because you know Nate, who was also on the podcast? Yes. <laughs> I think that's how we got that show. That's yeah. how you got that show. He was Nate. like, yo, just play it because I'm playing it. Right. Oh, my God, this is awesome. Nate and Kyle, we've been trying to get a show with Votive and and Scratch, like okay. both of them. And that went well. Yeah. Cool. Super fun. That's awesome. It, reminded it was me, fun. It reminded me, so when I lived in Las Cruces, I lived in a punk house for like six years. Did you? Yeah. What was that like? It was a lot like that house. A lot like up. that. Oh yeah. my god. Were there rules or is it just anarchy all day? It was it was it was pretty lawless. Lawless. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Oh wait. There was anywhere between three and five people living there at the time. Of course. Six hundred bucks a month rent total. I bet. Total. <gasps> total. Yeah. Where? Here? In Las Cruces. In New Mexico. Yeah. All of, so all of this is New Mexico. Yeah. yeah. God. So we had tons of killer bands that played there like um, the Observers from Ashes Rise, right? Coliseum. That was just you had one, Coliseum play there. That was just one show. Yeah. No way. Um, Hatred Surge, uh, Insect Warfare. Wow. Uh, Catheter played there a bunch of times. No shit. Victims from Sweden played there. Really? How did you did you foot the bill to get them over here? No, they were just on tour, and, and they you know, were like, "We want to we play." Kind of perfectly situated between. Phoenix and Tucson and Austin, pretty much. So, so they it, went for it. it. It made a lot of sense for for folks for to stop, you know, because they would be driving through anyway. Anyway, so, right? So they were um, like, okay, this works. Yeah. So we were able to convince a lot of people to stop by and huh. play for some gas money. That's crazy. Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Uh, how'd you meet Mike? Um. Well, the way I met Mike was I met his bandmate. At the record store at End of an Ear. Okay. Um, when it was on South First. Yes. Okay. When they first were kind of starting to Out. play music, yeah. Right. And I had gotten turned on to Xander Harris, which was another bandmate of theirs okay. in Red Ox. Okay. Um, the project that became Red Ox. Right. Um, 
and Justin, who does Xander Harris. I had gotten turned on to him through a blog by this guy, Dennis Dredd, okay. who does all the uh, artwork for Dark Throne, like a lot of okay. the album covers. I know Dark Throne. Yeah. So, I know Dark Throne. Um, I was listening to, or checking his blog out for new music, and right. he was mostly heavy metal, but then he would get into um, electronic music, especially that had sort of a, a horror film. Core thing. You know. Right vibe to it, sure. and, and he recommended Xander Harris, and I realized, oh, he's a local artist, right. so I went to End of an Ear, and I picked it up, and... Uh, At End of an Ear? Yes. Okay. And uh, Jacob, who was working there for my docs, um, was like, oh, this is my bandmate. I'm starting a new project Band. with them. Um, I said, cool, and he would always recommend good albums right. to check out, so... Next time I was in there, he told me about a show that they were playing. Right. And it was a house show on the east side off of Springdale. On the east side off of Springdale yeah. in East Austin. I'm trying to think. Where the cool kids are uh, now. I'm trying to think the name of this house. It's still around. Is it it's, on Pennsylvania Avenue? It's that small. Yes. Yeah. With the weird wagon in the, in the lawn. I think so. Yes. I saw street sex there. I almost died. Yes. It was fucking awesome. What? Leo what? went through the house with a chainsaw. What was it? Is it that house? I can't remember. Is On is Pennsylvania that? Avenue, bro. I used to live across the street from them. They were crazy. Next to a church. Next to if, a black church. I don't know if it was the street sex house. Cause no, they didn't live there. They oh, played there. Huh. And it was like years ago before Spokesman Coffee. And they were selling coffee at the punk show. Really? Yeah, and it was like okay. dollar coffee out of a Yeti cooler. Awesome. Like crazy shit at like one o'clock in the morning. Red. Like red. nuts. Yeah, that that may have been it. Um, I, try, I can't freaking remember the name of this this place. But anyway, that's where I met Mike. Right. And then. And that's where you met most of these people. Um, I met, no. Uh, yeah. So this crew of, of, of folks, um, him and Lee, Arlie Dockery, um, Justin from Xander Harris and Jacob and a uh, ton of other bands. Right. Um, early versions of Survive and 10,000 Foot Whale Claw, early holodeck bands, um, I would see there um, at that house. So I lived right up the street off of Springdale as well at the time, so it just kind of was perfect. Oh, perfect, perfect. Um, Walk over there? So yeah, and then I would go shopping at Wheatsville because I worked at a co-op in New Mexico before I moved out here. Right. Um, yeah, and so I would run into Mike and chat right. with him, and oh, then sure. I started working at Wheatsville That's soon what, after that. <laughs> That's how I know you, from the food co-op, Wheatsville, yeah. on Guadalupe yeah. Street. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, when I started working there, me and Mike became fast buds. I bet. We're just always conspiring and, you know, talking talking music and Talking shit else. with Mike. Yeah. He's just like an encyclopedia. He yeah. just knows so much about the most bizarre shit. Like, sure. I was in there for 20 minutes talking about festival budgets. He just knew <laughs> all the festival budgets in Austin. He was like, yo, they lost money, blah, blah, blah. Yo, they made $20,000 in profit. I was like, how do you fucking know that? <laughs> you work in a grocery store. How do you know this? Yeah. He knows all of it. Knows yeah. all of it. And I can't believe it. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. And then his partner is just so knowledgeable about different bands and different music. So it's like talking to two opposite ends of the spectrum with the same amount of, like, insane information. Oh, yeah. Where you're just like, what the fuck is this? It's, They're great. Yeah, deep, deep nerd knowledge. Deep nerd 
knowledge. A lot of fucking nerds, for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of nerds, how do you know Garrett T. Caps from San Antonio of NASA County with that? So, yeah, so that... Uh, He's climbing the ladder fast. Yeah, so Garrett and I... I met him, so when I first moved to Austin, I had a band called Old and Ill okay. that we had started, uh, my buddy Jameis and I had started that band in New Mexico in like 2006, right. Okay. Um, and we were kind of playing stuff that was in the, in the realm of like Iron Monkey, I sure. Hate God. Yeah, 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 so, I Hate God, who played last night, yep. very jealous. Um, did you go? I did, yeah. I should have went. It was a good show. I was fucking off. I should have went. Yeah. But the tickets were so expensive. It was like 45 bucks. Yeah. It was It was good. It was worth it. It was worth it, of yeah. course. I mean, it's never not worth it over there. A, because Mohawk is my favorite venue. Yeah. If that goes, I'm leaving. I'm Man. leaving. Man, I'm, yeah. I just threaten all the time. I'm like, if that fucking venue goes, I am leaving. <laughs> I am done. I am yeah, done for it. It's, yeah, we got we to gotta preserve what we have. Right. But uh, So that was worth it. Yeah, so we, yeah, Jameis and I moved out here and... Before I moved out here in March of 2011, and right. Jameis moved out a few months after that. But before he moved out, um, he said, "You gotta find us a drummer, you know, to continue this project." He's an amazing drummer. So um, I actually started looking on Craigslist, and that's how I met Garrett. Really, off yeah. Craigslist? Yeah. Oh my god! And Phenomenal so, drummer like that off of Craigslist. Yeah. So he joined Old Anil, who was living here at the time. And I he played that. drums for us for a few years. Right. Um, and that's like, I mean, playing with him was awesome. And we, you know, that was kind of basically, I think, the longest running version of that band. Right. Um, I believe it. So, yeah, we recorded a record. And, uh, yeah, and then you moved back to San Antonio. And it just became too this much. This country thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'm just so shocked because I was dating a guy that lived in San Antonio and was like, you know, the owner of the Lonesome Rose, which is like the only honky-tonk in San Antonio, mm -hmm. is a great metal drummer. And then I was like, oh, okay. And I, I just wrote it all. And then I ran into him at this show in, like, South San Antonio. It was under a bridge. It wasn't as punk rock as it sounds. It was, like, very, very hipster. And he was dating a girl at the time. And... He was like, oh, you're new, you're, you know, Jerry's girlfriend, oh, how cool, blah, blah, blah. Where are you from? I was like, oh, I'm from New York, but I lived in Austin, mm -hmm. and I just moved here. And then he just starts spouting metal bands, and we start going back and forth on the metal bands. I'm like, how the fuck do you do this? He's like, oh, well, you know, I played drums. And then when I saw you at the Converge show, we started talking about Garrett, and I was like, oh, my God, you guys are buds. How did you fucking yeah. know that? So, um... The Converge show was just so magical. Oh, yeah. It was so fucking that insane. Was great. I ran into Maddie B of Little Brother Bar. Mm -hmm. I saw Def Club the day before. Right. And they were insane. They stopped traffic. They stopped traffic and they finished the song in a random car. That's and, so right. and these yuppies were just like, oh my God, on the TikTok, like losing it. And Maddie's like, what are you doing tomorrow? I'm like, Maddie, it's Monday. Who cares? He's like, Converge tomorrow. I'm like, no, no. You're out of your mind. I go to the bathroom. I see a flyer. I come out of the bathroom. I don't even pee. I come out of the bathroom. I'm like, Maddie, what the fuck is this? He's like, see yourself around here, 11.45, 3 p.m. And then I saw you, and I saw your boy from Philly, and we were talking about Garrett, and I put two and two together, and then we survived the Converge 
at 12 p.m. Yep. On a Monday. That was so At wild. Rainy Street. At the fucking whitest. Oh, man. Wealthiest, shitty street. Oh, man. That was so wild. Best that bar was, on the worst was, street. Yeah. That was so much fun. It was so much fun. Who played that? It was Converge. It was Who else? Converge. Um, Cave-In. Cave-In. From and, Boston. Uh, Easy Prey. Easy Prey, Maddie's band. And Expander. And what? Expander. Expander. Okay. Were Another. you guys going to play that show? No. Did you know about it? No. We knew about it because we brought the gear. Okay. Just uh, backline. Okay. The backline. Yeah. Okay. Because that was the weekend after Oblivion Access mm-hmm. Fest. I mean, mm-hmm. the Monday after. Right. So... You know, I went to that show at the wedding venue, Thou Uniform. Were you there? No. No, it was awesome. It was like a bunch of black metal bands in the bar. And then outside, in the world's worst sound, was Thou, Full of Hell, Uniform, The Body. Right. Okay, One yeah. after the other. And it was like 112 degrees out. No shade. Oh. I put twice my weight of sunblock on, and I didn't die. <laughs> okay? I drank liquid death like it was going out of style. Oh, right. Which is the stupid water in the can. Right. Um, that was unbelievable. So I was worn out, and I love Death Club. I love them. And I went to Little Brother Bar on Rainy Street and saw them with Fuck Money, who's in another amazing band. Amazing. And um, Maddie was like, come over here on Monday. I'm like, are you insane? He's like, come over here on Monday, and I will provide for you. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah, I uh, was, I kind of, I played hooky from work that day. Same. I was taking, I was taking some calls. Right. Uh, pretending like I was doing Working. things. Sure. But I was, you know, had all the cabs there, and it was funny, because right. when I went back into the office, um, there was just so many Photos and videos of, of, of ev- you, of everybody, of everybody, on, on, right? You know, on there. With Corey shooting yeah. all the photos. Oh yeah. So, oh my god. So, uh, one of my coworkers is like, "Oh, punk flu, right?" You know. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Did he snitch? Did oh, he no, rat she, you? No, she didn't no, snitch. Good no. Boy. But but she was she was cracking up. She goes, "Oh." Um, she made a meme out of it. She oh took, no. Like, an aerial photo. There was like somebody that had like a drone. A and drone. Had, I there bet. Was a, aerial photo of the crowd and she goes it's Monday 2pm do you know where your husband is or whatever and it was just like because there was so many people that she knew that were at that show oh my when god they were supposed to be at work or right. whatever that's amazing yeah worth it that's amazing I called my friend at work uh, my friend shows up and was like bro you're a girl call me out of work say something horrible happened I'm like okay so I call the startup and I'm like hi um I'm Tommy's sister. Um, I broke my foot at the airport, and he needs to come get me. And they were like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, okay. Hung up the phone. Done. Made some shit up. Made some shit up. It was flawless. Yeah. Flawless. Dylan Dylan, uh, took his lunch, and he, like... Snuck didn't go there. back. Yes, yeah, and didn't go there. back. Well, no, he went back. He went he, back. Yeah, did he? he? Yeah, he just like zipped over, <laughs> watched converge, and it was like, free. Back. Yeah, it was a free show. A, a buddy of mine. It felt like old South by. It, it really did. It was like awesome. old fun, fun, fun too. Yeah. It was awesome. The uh, something crazy is I ran into a buddy of ours that lives in Boulder, Boulder, we like, Colorado. Yeah, we were like, "What are you doing here?" He had been in San Antonio donating a kidney. And he had had the surgery three days prior, and he had just 
left the hospital, and this was his first time outside, was the Converge show. And so when people started right getting rowdy, he was like, you know, he got out of the way. And he was like, yeah, I was getting a little worried because I have this this wound. And I was like, wound? I'm like, what are you doing in town? And he was like, oh, I just donated a kidney. And he, like, lifted up his shirt. And he's got this insane surgery scar, you know, or, you know, stitches. He donated a kidney and then yeah. went to go see Converge. Yep. That's the way to do it. Yeah. The last time I saw Converge for free was 2001. Where was that? Um, it was in Boston. Nice. And it was some sort of benefit for somebody that died, as you know. Yep. And obviously Jake and them knew him, and I went. I took a bus from New York, and I went. It was fucking crazy. What what venue do you remember? Probably Middle East. Probably Middle East. Um, there was another show years later that I went to that was Converge and Modern Life is War. Killer. With Trap Them. Oh, Trap wow. Them wow. was amazing. The guy, the lead singer of Trap Them was football player backline wide. Okay. Drop dead gorgeous. Drop dead gorgeous. Like, so much lead singer syndrome. Beautiful. And knocked his front teeth out with the microphone during the show. Blue eyes. Gorgeous wow. creature. Ripped the whole front of his mouth out because he kept, like, slamming the mic into his face. Covered in blood. Covered. Like, unbelievably bleeding and we're like this guy should go to the hospital covered in blood finished the set wiped his face off put his teeth in his hand and started selling merch wild fucking nuts and then like a couple months later they broke up I was like Jesus Christ for all that for all that I couldn't believe it that's one way to get some dental work done one way to get some dental work done that was fucking nuts and so um, I wanted to thank you for being here on the me. podcast. Yeah. This was fun. It was, yeah. This was fun. Uh, I am Lauren Darcy. This is Loud as Love. Uh, we'll see you soon. This is my friend Jason. And uh, till next time. <laughs>